0: The cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high-vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed. Hey, buyin this is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes hey, of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. I'm already tall. Testy, testy. Well, shit. This season of change is not playing people, getting wilder and weirder with every turn of current events. It's like before any of us have a hot second to get used to and acclimate to one reality, there's a new one forced upon us. But that's it, right? That's kind of the human experience. It's in our nature to adapt so bloody well, despite whether or not we actually want to. I've been listening to a lot of people's point of views on things. And this morning I spent with Kay Pacha, one of my favorite astro gurus, you got to check him out on YouTube. New Paradigm Astrology. This morning he was talking about the patriarchy and how we're witnessing the end of it. He talks about it as a time in a society focused on I, me, my real time of individuation, where there's an extreme need and pressure to produce, to consume, to have the latest, greatest of everything, and to almost feel worthless or not as much if you're not participating in that way. He claims this is the peak of our narcissistic society and we're witnessing the breakdown of it because we're stretched and stressed to no limit. You can see it, right? Our economies, all of our systems, our healthcare system, earth, mother nature, our biosphere, all stressed and stretched to the limit because we've been in a long time of neglect, of lack of attention. We're so out of sync with what it means to be a human living on earth that this is sort of a forced correctional evolutionary phase. This is great mother nature telling us to reflect, protect, and nurture ourselves. So it's definitely a wake-up call and a time to learn the lesson. And the biggest risk, he says, and I agree, is that we go back to trying to make things what they were. Because if we do... This will just happen again. But what he says is that this time was not for naught. That the time we have been in where we each came to figure out what made us individual and what made us unique will now all help us come together in a bigger unity consciousness. More diverse, more dynamic, more multifaceted, full spectrum kind of community. My guest today and her story has a deep insight into navigating this kind of reality. This is a trailblazing female whose first chat with us inspired me as well as clearly all of you. Our conversation happened just under a year ago, and within it, there was a ton of hopefulness for what was happening around us, what was happening in the world. It was fueled by legalization and how that was affecting the entire world over. But it was especially about women and women led ideas and business initiatives. There was so much excitement around that there was so much possibility around what would happen. And then there's what really happened. My conversation this week is with the founder and former CEO of 48 North, Allison Gordon, in her first interview since the company she built reorganized last month. Here's one of my favorite guests, and also yours, sharing her story as she affects history. Listen up, it's Allison Gordon with High T Life. Hello. <laughs> I shouldn't say good morning. I should say grand rising apparently. Okay. Wish grand rising upon a person. We are here with one of my favorites and one of yours, our most popular episode ever actually. Allison Gordon, how you been? How you doing over there?
1: I'm actually doing okay. It's surprising how quickly we adapt to new <laughs>
0: ain't it true
1: <laughs> situations
0: it's crazy like the human brain is a weird thing it's nature i think we really do the body it's all miraculous isn't it brain i is think it, it's like
1: especially for me having been living on a plane for six years nonstop, nonstop. non-stop you think this would be like a shock somehow it's like yep now this is the day like, it's, <gasps> it's really amazing. amazing how we adapt
0: it's really i was amazing. gonna say see for me, this is not much different from my normal life, but for you, right. this must be just—I mean, we what wild roller coaster are we on today? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <gasps> I checked; it's been ten months since we talked last. Which no, is crazy! Oh my
1: god!
0: It feels I was like gonna lifetimes. say
1: like it was in the fall. That's crazy. Okay,
0: it feel to me it feels like lifetimes, right? Because so totally. much has changed. But I'm not surprised that our episode was the most popular because we truly, like, first of all, big love. We brought a ton of, like, brand and business building insight to people, which was such amazing feedback. But I hope, I'm so glad to hear that because I think that's
1: what we were talking about, which was, this language that unfortunately women are often not brought into so they don't know it and how they can learn it. And so
0: I'm glad to hear that people were listening. Absolutely. We had so much hope when we were talking, it felt like, around like female entrepreneurship and what was happening and what was possible. And I remember females were tracking as like, the, this was our category for the leader, <laughs> leading in uh-huh. CEO-ship. You know that message resonated. I think with a lot of what people felt like they were going to do next in their lives. Did it all sort of grow out the way we thought it would? Um, probably not yet. Really? I will say, let's
1: have the hope and say not yet. I mean, I, I believe we discussed this the last time, but maybe we didn't. That there was that news we cover that said cannabis will be the first, you know, multi billion dollar industry run by women and I remember seeing that, and I don't know if it was 2015 or 16, but I had been in the industry since late 2013, early 2014, and the conferences I were attending, the things I was doing, I would literally in the early days be the only woman. So I was like, where are they getting their news from? And one of the things I would often say is that, yes, you had a lot of um, small female-run businesses, I guess. but it wasn't translating to these big public companies or the bigger uh, industry players at that time. And I think you can still see that today. So I would say it has not played out yet. No,
0: no, it kind of feels like wave cannabis 2.0, this sort of second wave that everybody was so excited about ended up being a lot of like, CEOs and founders sort of being removed by their boards, call it, or just sort of like told to vacation. And, you know, I witnessed it at Supreme with John yeah. Keller and Nav and then Bruce Linton, obviously was a huge story. And then when it happened at 48 North, I was shocked because right. you felt like this rare sunflower of like (laughs) female led entrepreneurship business platform building community building everything that was actually you know authentically doing what all of those stories were talking about amongst really the weeds
1: yeah I, I think okay there's like a lot to unpack from what you're saying um and I can't Obviously, really speak yeah, to yeah, everybody yeah, else's so story. But,
0: <laughs> no, but even
1: just their <laughs> own the, those stories. I think what we saw obviously was the stock market took a big dive. Things changed in the public markets. A capital access to capital changed, and the business became much more, as it should have been from day one, focused on operations um and maybe not being global conglomerates because there wasn't the money to do that so i can't i you know don't know how or what happened with other companies for sure but 48 north i agree with you was a unique situation we had not set out to be a global conglomerate we were trying my vision was always to do what we felt was authentic, and to take it piece by piece, bite by bite. It wasn't to say, let's run 15 facilities and all of that, which has has clearly had to change.
0: Okay, but truly, I always have sort of believed and ranted that there was this synergy happening between the flower being female, And it being a female energy that was sort of changing the world and creating this wave of change and healing and this sort of female uprising of entrepreneurship and female-led businesses and and what was happening and what we were seeing from a business and brand perspective in this space. I felt like the two were moving together.
1: And so that what's interesting, and I think we did speak to this before is who really runs a business, right? So of course, the CEO is the leader of the business, but we report especially as a public company to the board of directors. And I think the last time I checked the stats, I think something like 11% of all not just in cannabis, all public company boards, it is only 11% of board seats that women hold. So the reality is that the boards truly are in the position of deciding who is going to lead companies. And I don't think you see a lot of innovation on boards. And what I find interesting that I've learned through this experience is really what are the skills that are valued in Our culture in business. And so typically, a CEO will come up through a finance track or banking track or maybe even an operations track. And it's always okay to have, you know, the female chief marketing officer or women in marketing. Women can always have leadership roles in marketing. And I've seen that myself. And so the reality is that role never really came into the CEO position, even though Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, there have been thousands of articles about your CMO really being your CEO because we live in a world that is brand all the time so I come through a a marketing background and often people would say to me well you know you're you're great you're really creative and you're left brain thinking and I'm like, yeah, I'm also a businesswoman. I've also raised significant funds. That's what I was just going to say. We've acquired companies. I do business development. There's this idea that if you can think creatively, somehow that's not the big business skills. And so I do think it has to start with boards representing what you're speaking about, the people, the diversity of people, before you're ever going to see real change come across the leadership of
0: these companies. Absolutely. And representing the consumer. What When it comes to 48 North, that entity, like your brand, your business, the platform, the community, fate, and like, you know, the yeah. respect for the, the ritual and the experience, like it's had this completely female driven, focused energy. Totally. It, felt like you guys fully understood the consumer who's actually smoking this stuff, who's healing, who's using it, who's bringing, you know, beautiful
1: people
0: to it. So it shocks me that as this rare sort of flower amongst the weeds, (laughs) you know, truly like a, a board with a pulse on anything would sort of bring in a young white, Male with a background in tobacco to lead a female-driven organization, and I know you can't spill the tea on everything and talk about stuff. But how do we? What do we do with sort of? Yeah, I, I,
1: I, you know, I think it's it is definitely a challenge. And and when it was announced that I was no longer with Forty Eight North, I was blown away by the amount of direct messages from women around you know north america many who i don't even know maybe they listen to your podcast or however they know me who were really upset and that really broke my heart because i know that i represented something for this community of women who are passionate about the plant like yourself who were excited to be able to be inspired and see um, a woman in that leadership role. And we're excited that this cannabis company 48 North was doing all of that and focused in that way. I, I think what I would say to be diplomatic is, you know, the, the marketing team remains. Um, there are amazing women there. Right. I, I hope and, and believe, have to believe that their voices can be heard. Um, I, I think that, that work that's done doesn't go away. But I don't know if everybody, whether it's 48 North or any company, that always the board of directors of these companies, do they understand how people identify with people? You know, there's like a saying that entrepreneurs build companies and then big companies buy them or whatever it is and the reason why a company like Johnson & Johnson or Procter & Gamble it's hard for them to launch these brands or Estee Lauder they buy Mac they buy Bobby Brown like you know I once asked a question to their the person in charge of M&A for many years at Estee Lauder I said like I don't get it why do you buy these brands like why don't you just create them and he said, it's not in these big companies, DNAs, entrepreneurs can do that. And a lot of the reason why I think entrepreneurs can do that is because it is about their personality. Of course, this 48 North is not Alison Gordon. There is an incredible team that I got to stand in the front and take credit for, but there is a relatability that we have as people to people. And so it's easy to stand, get behind somebody that you believe in, whether it's a woman or, you know, Chip Wilson who started Lululemon or like there's stories. And we all as human beings, storytelling is so intrinsic to us. So, you know, I, I think that that part is definitely challenging and, and there's, you know, only time will tell where things go and and lots of companies will pivot in the space. But I, I think what you're saying is that, you know, hopefully whether it's 48 North or others that will still have those, you know, flowers in the weed that can inspire women like yourself that are, you know, love cannabis and want it to represent them. So I I can only hope. And, And I think that is coming because of all these changes, not, leadership changes, but the financial changes, COVID, like I think from a positive standpoint that there is now going to be room for more entrepreneurs to come in and do their thing, which I hope women step up to the plate.
0: I was just going to ask, like, what do we do with all this, right? It's almost like a forced seasonal change, you know, and like a new opportunity or what do we... What's going to happen with all of these women who now all of a sudden don't have a lot of thing, a lot of these sort of female-led companies to look towards? Well, hopefully they'll be like, I'm going to be that woman.
1: And I think that them. the positive thing from when you and I spoke last time, even though our conversation was positive, maybe what wasn't said 10 months ago was, you know, I was speaking about women not being versed in the language of the public markets. And so the question was, well, how would that happen? Right? How could they become educated? And so much money was required to get into this industry at that time. Hopefully, what's occurred now is with the government declaring it in Canada essential service, all of these things, maybe smaller businesses can can start up because really businesses should start in way and grow organically you don't like wake up and go I'm now you know have 150 million dollars like it takes time to build a culture to build operations to build these things so with these changes there could be room for someone to you know raise a small amount of money to start you know a little edible business maybe one day hopefully soon not having to have a vertically integrated massive license that would take millions of dollars to do it and so that you know person that woman can do that and as that brand grows you know she can be the ceo of what is ultimately a bigger entity i mean that i think is the hope you have so many going out of business right now so there's assets on the market that will be significantly cheaper already built out so you know i think there's lots of opportunities and yeah it's 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 a sad state of affairs with regards to women being able to look forget about cannabis just anywhere and seeing women in the top position it's it's actually crazy when you Google the fortune 500s let alone ethnic diversity don't even don't even get me started on that
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's interesting the glass ceiling feels like the grass ceiling. I don't know if that's a thing, but well, yeah,
1: they they used to write articles about me at the beginning saying Alison Gordon's breaking the grass ceiling and it's like, yeah, I may yes, for sure. I was in that position, but what the money rules the world, unfortunately, and the banking and finance and boards, these are male dominated things. And it's, you know, there's always one or two women on a board. But I mean, actually, I was looking at Evenco's website, and I think their board is all women and one man. And I was like, Oh,
0: wow. Okay, that's awesome. Because I just (laughs) you don't see that. I'll have, to look that. I'll have to look that up. Um, so, but that's what's so interesting is it actually felt like the grass ceiling was a bigger barrier before all of this, like COVID, quarantine, world upside down change. And and now, I mean, we're seeing, unfortunately, businesses. I think we're seeing, sadly, the the fall down season where we're going to see some businesses, you know, have to close unfortunately and some you know a lot of entrepreneurs have to maybe pause on the dreams but what's going to be left is a lot of opportunity.
1: I really 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 believe that I just I think that it was hard to compete with people who had been able to raise significant amounts of money and built these vertically integrated operations. I think that you'll be able to see independent Pendant businesses. And what I mean by that is there's only a handful, not even a handful that I know of that are just sort of doing one thing, right? Most are vertical. So that's hard. That's expensive. But wouldn't it be amazing if you had an idea for a great you know edible as I said and you're able to get you know a commercial kitchen licensed and you just buy the raw product that you need and bake your amazing thing and you know it, it, it's I'm oversimplifying because there's still massive challenges with distribution and logistics and so you know it is it is challenging on that front I mean you have that in the U.S. you have that in California and I don't know how it gets there with Canada but I do think New companies will start up and people can join into that now. See, when I started in, as I said, you know, 2014, essentially the beginning of it, as I said, I was really truly like, I I mean, there might be two women at a 500 person conference. Part of that was because I don't think women can take the same career risks as men, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, like socioeconomic reasons, um, like reasons of... um, you know, having families, but even just reasons of at that point, if it didn't work out, because you were picking a company to work with or to start, and it was like, who knows who's going to succeed, you would then have to go get a job and be like, yeah, my last job was a cannabis company in 2014. That didn't seem reasonable. Now we can see you could, you, you know, this industry isn't viewed in that way anymore. So my hope is, if we don't, aren't at the place yet for small business yet, which I hope that comes soon, at least we're at the place where women can choose to be part of a group that's starting up new in this era and, uh, and, and have equity and, and actually own a piece of what they're doing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like we didn't let any of the brands like breathe and get authentic before we tried to turn them into these huge, you know, CPG companies, you know, I think pa- as a brand builder, passion and uh, essence and heart and soul of a brand I think is integral to totally can- totally and I and we may have even
1: discussed this last time like October 17th so like the night of the 16th at midnight turning to October 17th that went on the OCS.ca and there's like 40 brands that I didn't even know most of them which if like, anyone's gonna know anything it would be me because I'd been in it from the beginning and I was like whoa like as a consumer like it, and the product's not highly differentiated. Packaging's not highly differentiated. And I think that people, back to the beginning of our conversation where I said, what is valued in business? People think, oh, you can hire someone to build a brand. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you know, like business, finance, MBA stuff, that's like, you gotta go to school for. And to Mm -hmm. me, I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but I'm like, no, building like authentic brands that people connect with, is really hard like that's the hard part and the other part there's a lot of people who can run operations and do all that not to say we did all that well we didn't because it was hard we were learning the government was learning we were trying to learn how to operate 50 different things at once agro extraction facilities along with everything else but to your point the brands nobody knew and still, nobody really knows most of them. Or um, loyal to, or are loyal to, and yet they were growing and and taking on way too many expenses, and it's just, just you know, it's it's sifted its way out. But I I hear you, and I definitely agree. Part of it is not anybody's fault. Part of it is what I'm saying, which is. To get a license meant to grow and to be vertically integrated, essentially, at, until very recently. And so, really, that meant a lot of money. That meant you were playing in a whole world. Like I said, it wasn't like you waking up tomorrow and saying, you know what, forget about edibles. You might just say like, I have the best idea for just a new chocolate chip cookie. You can go to a contract manufacturer. You can have it made. It can meet all the requirements. It can, you know, you can sell it onto shelves. Like you can be a small business and people might fall madly in love with your cookie. And now more people, you know, and you grow like that. This world was like, okay, well, we have to be a big vertical company. So that requires this much money. So we need to make these kinds of promises and hope that we find our way to get there. This is what happens.
0: This is what happened. I mean, I th- if anybody should love sort of brands in a category and resonate and be noticing, it's me in the weed space. But I don't even notice, like with exception of what you were doing. Basically everyone I know who smokes legal weed is like a middle-aged male <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's sad I am sad about that I am because there's only so much like you know our hands are tied with the regulations around packaging but you know you're right a lot of the weed itself forget about brand packaging just like the literal product is not great a lot of it isn't yeah. and that is disappointing for all of us who've been longtime cannabis users I mean I personally love the 48 North granddaddy purple.
0: I do too. Those are beautiful um, free rolls.
1: I think part of the problem is scale, right? Like it was hard. It's well, we've never been grown on large scale because it was illegal. So you weren't going to be like, here's my, you know, 500 square foot black market indoor grow. Like that (laughs) would just be crazy. Right. So scale is hard because it's never been done and we'll have to see if it has to get figured out. Like, I mean, could it be that complicated? Unless it's like what you're saying, which is like a karmic thing, where the plant's just like, no, I'm not going to grow well for this type of capitalism. I mean, I, I hope you Will that... not bloom. I will not bloom. I will not have high levels of THC. Um, I hope 20% that's ever. not the case. But I think you do see smaller LPs, and even our Granddaddy Purple coming out of our Dalshan facility that is a uh you know very it's a small facility so it's a different thing so i think the system either the system has to change so that small licensed producers can sell their products into the government just in small batches right now it would be very difficult and i understand that from the ocs perspective you can't like have fifty million SKUs, like they carry Jack Daniels, they carry you know Absolute Vodka and whatever other vodkas I don't drink. So excuse my right. examples, but it's not like this week. It's this grow because this grow is only this tiny amount that just came off today, and they won't come back for a year. Like, how do you figure out weed? And because in the black market, it is like that, right? You go to your dealer, your dealer comes to you, and they got what they got and you, if it's good and you buy it and that's it. And you're not like, wait, why don't you have the exact same thing that you had last time? But there's a certain mentality around legalization that I think makes it difficult for there to be this quality of product.
0: I, I think you nailed it. Like the issue is the system because it's not, I've always said the system and everything we do, like from a business and brand building perspective has to mirror how the black market works and how the consumer is already kind of engaging with buying weed because I learned about our endocannabinoid system and, and and how important discovery is and the fact that we're, we're this, this, our ECS, like the star map in us, is meant to try the star map of all these different flowers until it finds the terpenes for them or the THC-CBD ratio for them, the one for them, right? And that's I definitely t- agree with you that there seem, it is strange to me, many, 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 many years of
1: smoking weed, how differently people react to the same um, joint mm-hmm. that used to get passed around, so it is interesting. I, I don't know, you know, maybe this is sad. You're going to hate this, but I'm about to say somebody said this to me a couple of years ago. They said like, you know, we all now buy apples that don't taste like apples anymore.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when we were younger, but apples tasted market. like apples, but
1: nobody talks about it and you still buy the apple.
0: Yeah. S- stay true. But you go to the farmer's market in the summer to get, you know, the juicy galas or whatever. I sort of feel like the- You do, you do,
1: and a and a subset, a niche group do. Look, I'm not hoping, this is not me saying this is where it goes. I hope it doesn't. I just don't, I am not skilled enough to think of a system, like a literal distribution logistical system that can allow for- one-offs and one-offs and one-offs and one-offs I'm sure someone smarter than me can figure that out or you know there will be LPs that will aggregate micros and that will probably like you know maybe that kind of thing starts to bring better product into the market but
0: platform uh, yeah it's wild it's really wild and and it feels pretty broken like I was gonna ask if you think you know, the systems will inevitably loosen, but it sort of feels like some of them need to be rebuilt altogether. When I talked to you about setting up this chat, they had closed all of the legal retailers except OCS. And then I think what did yesterday they change it again? Like what the fuck's going on? And... Oh, I I, mean, I could never
1: claim to know what's going on behind the scenes there, but I'm just thankful. Really, really thankful. A for friends like Mimi from Superette, who yeah. is like building an amazing business there. Like thankful for her that this is, you know, be open again or whatever, click and clack and clickety clack, whatever they call it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> um, kind of cute. And, and, and just also just thankful that they recognized that you were just driving people back to the black market. Like exactly. it, it was, it was crazy to me. And I'm just thankful that, that it's not going to be like that. Thank God. So, right? I mean, and that's Ontario, like obviously other provinces are doing other things and, but we were finally, it felt like maybe I'm too inside it. Cause you're saying everyone buying weed is like middle aged white men, but from like my blindfold.
0: No, that's on. actually not true. That's not true. I have a lot of like, I have I have a friend of mine who is a mom with three kids who spent. She spent something like twenty five hundred dollars at the OCS one month on pre rolls. And, and,
1: and what you're saying <laughs> is not true. I know it's statistically, but but I hear you. Like, definitely, the hardest people to convert will be people who have a great source that shows up at their door or nowadays pops their trunk and like that's a hard convert a from a price perspective and a quality perspective Exactly. but I do think that you know Cal at the OCS he's a really great and I think that he his goal to have like I think 700 stores open by the end of 2021. Like if it is literally across the street from you, let's You're see good. what happens. I You're mean good. the weed and you finding the right quality that you like. Yeah. I think people are more focused on, some people are like the new consumer, the new consumer. And I was like, well, but why? <laughs> yeah. right. So you
0: have a consumer who's a really great consumer. Yeah. Why not who's, them? Who's re upping once a week? Um, I think also as products and product formats and different innovations kind of happen in terms of ways people can consume, the new consumer might come in.
1: I do think new consumers are in, and I and I do think that that's probably the people who buy the stuff that you and I might. Be like, are you crazy? Like, I, because maybe it's, uh, I don't know. They don't know what else to buy. I should probably not speak <laughs> this. Like, there's, you know, there's, there is market, more and more market research coming, but I, you know, the vapes and the extracted products, I think, bring in a different kind of consumer as well. Like, there's a flower smoker. I'm a flower smoker. Um, but you know that's a different kind of consumer than the vape smoker. You know, a lot of people turn into edibles because they don't want to, you know, inhale anything into their lungs. And
0: yeah, so, that's going go up now too. Agree. COVID. Covid. Watch your. <laughs> what's your favorite? I've asked you this before. It was okay. like, "Dude, where's my bike?" Like, "Where's my bike?" is
1: still my favorite. It's <laughs> not Dude, I... Where's
0: my bike? I like I that. So it's
1: just where's it? my bike? Where's my bike? Is still my very favorite. Not easy to find for sure. Um, what's, what's your favorite? Life?
0: You know what? I, I always will say guava and I don't get it often enough, but I really like, I don't know if it's just the marketing and the branding, but I really <laughs> really like a guava or a mango or something that's going to take me away. And watermelon, I love because it's an indica that feels like a sativa for me. Like I got. Okay, I'll try that. I don't, I mean, I don't know if
1: anyone's growing it. I mean, that's the other thing. Like we, genetics will open up like as the government's like less scared and letting you bring like different genetics. And like, that's a huge, I, I really make sure, you know, it should take back some of what I said before, but not really. It's still about scale, but it is also very much about genetics. And a lot of people were starting with the same genetics because we had to buy it from each other. Fort 48 North was lucky because, well, not lucky, but we, um, had imported seeds years ago legally and so we phenotyped and were able to get that you know granddaddy and so you know I think that also in the race to do everything fast 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 maybe people didn't take that time that was like a 10-month process for us right right um phenotyping is is takes time you gotta grow it you gotta grow it again you gotta you know all that so so I think that people Are hopefully to your point about coming back to nature, slowing down. It's like let's slow down. Let's have the right plants. Let's have the right genetics, and you will be rewarded for that. You might not move like at that pace, but
0: that pace is like somebody's telling us something about that pace, right? If we're learning anything right now, it's like what that respect nature. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, (laughs) respect nature. And I keep saying it's like nature is right now where we're sort of safe right it's where we're allowed to be we're not we're supposed to we're social distancing we're not supposed to be near each other but we're out we're allowed to be sort of out there breathing fresh air we're i think gonna restart returning to like the plant growing our own plants more i mean oh my
1: god i told give me one second i totally totally agree with that right i've been talking about that on social media but sorry okay no I'm on interview so sorry the dog was trying to get it um (laughs) so I grew two plants last year and come say hi um so I grew two plants last year and this year I'm going to grow more and everybody's asking me about growing yeah and I agree with you I mean I think the plant's it's hard to grow them because they do need to be watered so often. So if you travel for work or you're away, it's um, come show how cute you are. So yeah, I'm like doing your you podcast. What this is, is like this is a, like someone else's dog that had to go back during COVID. So.
0: He's really? been staying
1: here for a couple weeks.
0: That's, isn't it amazing to have an animal around right now? Yes,
1: totally Oh, That
0: def- she, she hears me being nice to another dog He's jealous.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, no, what I was saying is I grew two plants last summer. I'm going to grow more this year. Everybody's asking me about growing plants, and, and it, they do take time. Well, the time is the watering. So if I go away for four days and come back, I'd be like, oh, my God, something's happened here. and um water
0: them? like every other day.
1: I think I watered them almost daily outside because they were in a pot. Okay. So now people are home, working from home. You can water your plant. No
0: excuses.
1: I think that'll be big. The challenge will be to legally find clones and seeds. That's not something everybody is selling. So.
0: Oh, interesting. That's a friend to friend thing or the guy in Kensington who sells it Out the back of his trunk. I am not speaking to anything. (laughs) I know.
1: You only do legal things, people. So that's what you do. Just make it legal. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so what are you growing? Oh, like, I don't know yet for this year. Last year it was, uh, one was a CBD, which was like really silly of me to grow because I smoked THC. So then it was done. I was like, what do I do with this? Um, and then I mean, I sort wow, of okay. made it into a bomb or something, but like I'm not that person yet. And the other was Gorilla Glue. That's what it was. Oh. It was Gorilla Glue. Yeah. That's so, good. so I don't know. I don't know what, I, what, what I will legally be able to obtain. We'll you're, have to see.
0: I, you're experimenting with, doing stuff with your weed more, I'm finding, now that you're, like, bio, your social, now that you're 14, <laughs> you, I tried like to bake, I saw
1: that, the baking, the how baking, did it go, so. mm, they're okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm better at inspiring than I am at baking, but, um, but I yeah, so, you probably can't tell me what's next but (laughs) Mm, uh, this is what I will say what's next for me is really taking some time to breathe taking some time to take care of myself and my family and sort of looking out at the world what I do well I think I hope is I try and always trailblaze and and create things for people that aren't always included. So when I started Rethink Breast Cancer with MJ, young women were not part of the breast cancer conversation. Um, whether they had breast cancer or family members, there were not things for them. We like, were like, why is there nothing that uses fashion, film, art to engage young women in this cause? And then young women would come to us and say, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I go to support groups. Everybody's in their 60s. They've been married for 30 years. Like I." was on contract. So I was let go. I'm like living with my parents. So we saw that there was like, there a need. And I think the same with 48 North for me was like, everything was just trying to be corporate and male dominated. And there was no fun and like everything had to be uber stylish. And if I heard one more person talk about like Apple stores and I was like, no, I think there is a space for people like me and you and I have just said today There isn't much for people like us right now. Mm -hmm. So that means there's huge opportunity to keep doing what I set out to do, how I do it and where I do it and what I do. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I love that. Okay. So how without, you know, from a high level, I guess, what would you sort of take as your lessons from the last few years and sort of share with women who are trying to... Or even just flirting with the idea of doing something in this space. Yeah. You know, what I are mean, the big things that we just don't know?
1: Oh God, there's so many. Um, I bad. Well, I mean, a lot of them still remain true that I had said to you before. I mean, take any opportunity. If you want to be in this industry and you're passionate about it, like don't worry so much about Will this company be in business? Many will, many won't. you once you have a job in the industry, you're gonna learn a ton. It's really about taking that learning and then if if it's not for you to work for somebody else, then you know go out there into the world with it. But I think you there is huge value to being inside. A legal company and learning how it works and the regulations and all of those things could only be um, valuable, particularly for this industry. I think, as it relates to women in industry in general, it's you know like there are things that are bigger than all of us, and I I, I just for me the mission will be to continue to share what I know with you and your followers um, and others to try and get at least people to understand what sort of the basic principles are around how you form a company, how you raise money, what you're giving away. I continue to mentor um, many of the young women in the industry that I've been, you know, friendly with who've started businesses or uh, are starting businesses. So that keeps me busy and I feel totally fulfilled by, you know, being able to to guide them in the right way. So I think finding mentors is really important too, even though I never had a mentor.
0: Yeah. I mean, trailblazer is the word I would use for you. I remember Rethink, how fresh that message felt. I had that t-shirt every year. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I still had those. And it just, you know, you've always seemed to bring a new perspective to the world that, Thank you. I, I really appreciate you
1: saying that. I really do, because in these moments you're kind of like, who am I? And then it you stop and you say, I'm me. <laughs> but no, but really, yeah, that's 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 what we started with again, is that's where I do believe that left brain thinking creativity is what should drive business because this is where you look and you say where is nobody else playing that I think people want to be played with.
0: (laughs) I like that. No, but it's true. It's that you, I think who I'm just me and that return to who we are and what's driving us. And, you know, you said you saw things that just weren't there, and so you built them and you created them, right? In terms well, of and it's, but it's
1: not, experience. And it's—I feel bad. I keep interrupting because I'm excited. I'm no, but but yeah. I mean, it didn't even really happen that way for me because I think I'm weird like that. I don't really set like goals or plans or like. So it wasn't like I saw something like that's how I articulated to you because you can't explain to somebody the weirdness inside your own brain it was more like in 2008 when i started looking at the industry because i learned that canada had a medical cannabis program through um the close my close family member that was dying of cancer and her doctor recommended medical cannabis and i was like what we have a medical cannabis program and from 2008 until 2013 when i was just looking at the industry i wasn't even like there isn't this or there isn't that. Cause there wasn't an industry back then. I was just naively like, why isn't there like a David's tea type store? Like I did this right. in 2008, right? So I had no idea. Once I enter the industry, I think it's just, for me, it comes from a really like a gut instinct. Like I'm not big with market research. Yes, I, we have amazing people who do that. But for me, it's more like, I like this. So I believe others, (laughs) I
0: don't know. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's how the brands that you built and I use them in multiplicity feel is that they connect to, to the person to the person on the other end, which is I think what's often missing from the world, but we'll stay away from that. We can stay away
1: from that, but it isn't missing from the world. If you really think about it, like even the examples that we gave with Bobby Brown, like Bobby Brown, like Mm -hmm. that's what people were Mm -hmm. relating to or Mac. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like, you know, I think the successful brands, like even Alan Gertner with Tokyo smoke was like very much front and center there. And it was him and his aesthetic. And, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm sure there's millions of examples of companies that no one ever knew the founder of that were successful brands, but I, that's not how I, I'm not a traditional corporate person. So I don't know how you do that. That's why when I went on October 17th, 2018, and was like, what is all this is because I like, I don't know. So it was weird to me that I'm not going to name names, but XLP launched three brands on that day. It's like, oh, that's the female brand. But like, what? Because it's like a more feminine font. Like, I don't
0: right. Know. It just felt it's so like, bizarre. It's so bizarre. Right? Different wrapping paper. It, it, yeah, was it was like really bizarre, I think. And not really about the person who's smoking it at the end of the day. That is definitely what
1: most, I think, users feel like, you know, people who've been using for a long time do not feel a connection. I am hoping as more stores open and that all comes to bear, that they will be able to um, feel that they're, find their store, find their place, find their way, find their companies that they like the product. And I mean, obviously it has to have price competitiveness. There's so many issues. People who smoke a lot of weed spend a lot of money. Like it's expensive yeah. if you're smoking an ounce a month, which lots of people do. I mean, mm-hmm. most of those people wound up growing their own because it's just too expensive. And then they just grow their own. So, you know, those are all the balances and things you have to think about in business. Are those people ever going to come into the legal market? I don't know. Convenient.
0: I, I feel you, right? If it's like a shopper's on the sidewalk and you can grab something for the walk home, like inevitably, probably. I'd grab a pre roll. I'd grab some granddaddy's <laughs> pre rolls. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But because I've always connected and resonated with the brand, frankly. And it was, you know. And
1: you've been an amazing supporter. And I'm so glad you got to come out to the farm, which was so yeah, incredible. That was, and, that was the best
0: experience ever, just frolicking amongst the weed trees. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. It was like, what a dream. I was like, oh my God, this is where I work. And so all of this has been amazing and a blessing and, and just, you know, you just take it and you just keep going because that's life, right? It's it's like, it's all a journey.
0: So it was, that's all. And that's all it is. I know there's nothing there. You, you ride the waves of life, right? You have to enjoy them in some way, shape or form. And I keep coming back to what you were saying about, you know, this is just me and just trusting myself yourself and just trusting your gut and, and bringing to life, not what you decide with your mind is the right thing to do, but what you feel like you have to fucking do.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I feel so blessed that I had amazing people working with me that could then bring that to life and bring their own parts of it to life, like their own personalities into it. And, you know, that's what I think is most important or what I, I, the team and the culture of 48 North it was really special. And so I I think that's what you were also responding to. I mean, I know you, you know, connect with Amy and others
0: and shout out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Amy. I mean, who is more authentically read than Amy? (laughs) Right. So so it's like, you know, that's 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 what it is, especially in our industry where you can't, you know, take out ads and do these types of things. So media, personality, all that comes into play. But um, I'm just excited to see where all this goes now that the government deems it essential. I think we're going to see some super cool stuff happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the lesson in all of this is like, just like every single cultivar or strain of flower sort of blooms differently and brings a different vibe and gift and effect and impression to the world. Like, so do we, right? Totally. And we have to trust that we're all, all of our flavors are different and need to be like expressed. And I think that that's like the big lesson that Ganja is teaching me right now. I am obviously smoking quite a bit because (laughs) of the quarantine. But I think that that's important right now is just like trusting it, right? Yeah, I mean, in the pandemic,
1: what choice do you have? Like, I think it's amazing what I see around me with friends and family. And I would think to myself, oh my God, this person is so type A. Like, what's going to be? What's going to be? And really, like, because there is no choice, right. it's amazing how we can relax into ourselves without really a choice. Like, I keep thinking, when do I go crazy? When do I go crazy? And then I just suddenly had the thought, which is like, well, I'm not going crazy yeah I'm just gonna be bored sometimes I guess I have yet to be bored
0: <laughs> yeah so, I bet I bet you I mean you have a lot to process but you probably have a ton of ideas right oh my god
1: lots of people I'm like as I said helping and I just I, you know the kids and just everything like I haven't been home yeah. oh my god like I don't think I had been home 10 days in a row in many years so this is just like oh okay wow. right I should cook dinner
0: <laughs> <laughs> this so amazing thank you thank, I you. Really thank you always you know leaving your
1: mom, mom, to and you and your love and support for me and 48 north and just the real authentic Weed women of the world. So, you got to keep doing what you're doing and be super proud of what you've built because there's lots Thank of people you. trying to talk about weed out there. So, you are doing an amazing job, and we need people like you to keep doing what you're doing.
0: Oh, likewise. I appreciate that so much. And right back at you, hear us roar. This is High Tech <laughs> with Allison Gordon. Thank you so much. Adios. Spoel- Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at hightea.life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting hightea.life.